I just want to um, spend a few minutes just sharing with you um, one of the occasions at BSF that God really spoke to me um, through the study of Moses. Um, now, I don't know about any of you, but when I've tried to read the Bible from cover to cover, I've really struggled when I get to Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy Not to mention Chronicles, but I don't think we went that far. (laughs) I really struggled all the laws and the sacrifices and and the rules and regulations. And I wasn't really quite sure how much I was going to learn or or get out of the study of uh, Moses. But I love the way that God works because it was actually in one of those books that God spoke to me really powerfully about the subject of guilt Now, I'm not talking about the guilt that you get as a result of sin that prompts you to go before God and and ask for forgiveness and and lead you to repentance. That guilt's good. It, It means that we're aware of things that we're doing wrong. I'm talking about false guilt. I'm talking about the guilt that says you're unworthy. You're not good enough to come before God because of your sin. You've failed again. Your sin's too big to be completely forgiven. The guilt that says, you've sinned this before, this is a repeated sin, you've done this before, why is God going to keep on forgiving you? We've done this, that, or something else, and now this has happened because of it, and it's your fault. You should be feeling really guilty about that. We've asked God to forgive us, and he has forgiven us, but somehow we just can't get rid of that guilt. If you're not one of those people, fantastic, praise the Lord. You don't have to listen to the rest of what I'm going to say. (laughs) But if that's ever happened to you, I'd love to share what God showed me about how not only has he dealt with our sin, but that he's also dealt with our guilt. The chapter that he spoke to me from was Leviticus chapter 16, and I'm not going to read it all. You can do that at home, a bit of homework for you. We love it at BSF having homework, so that's your homework. Go and read Leviticus 16. So I'm just going to summarise really what it says. And the chapter talks about the Day of Atonement, which is a yearly event that happened in the life of the Israelites. It was very important to them. Now, atone means to cover, and it was on this day that the high priest went in to the Holy of Holies, which was the very inner sanctuary of the temple, and only happened on that day. They actually went in to the presence of God and offered the blood of a sacrifice to cover the sins of the people of Israel, to atone for Israel's sin. While this was happening, the people of Israel were privately confessing their sins to God as well. And it happened every year until Jesus died on the cross and his blood covered our sins once and for all. Now on this day, they actually had two sacrifices and it was two goats. One of the goats was sacrificed and the blood shed at the altar. And the other sacrifice the goat the other goat was known as the scapegoat and the priest came and laid his hands on the goat and confessed all the sins 
of the people of Israel, thus transferring that sin onto the scapegoat. And this goat was then led outside of the camp, or outside of the city when they settled in the city, but led outside into the wilderness and then let go. And inevitably it will have died, and not a particularly nice death either. And when we look at Jesus, we see how his death actually fulfills this atonement sacrifice. Because not only was his blood shed so that our sins could be atoned for and covered by his blood, we could be forgiven. Jesus was actually led outside the city gates to die. He became the scapegoat for us, taking not just our sin but our guilt far from us. As we read in the psalm earlier, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. The notes we get on the passages at BSF in this particular study put it this way. As a sinful people, knowing and believing that another has paid the debt for our sin gives us freedom. Yet we need more than simply to escape God's judgment for sin. We also need to escape its burden and be delivered from its guilt. The question that got me, and I'm going to ask you, have you repented of a sin, confessed it to God, and yet still are hounded by guilt? If the answer to that is yes, talk to God about it, pray with somebody about it, and remember that Jesus is our scapegoat, dying outside the city walls so our sin could be forgiven and our guilt and shame could be taken far away from us. A verse that has become very important to me over the last year is Romans 8 verse 1. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't read, there is almost no condemnation. It doesn't read, there is a little bit, but mainly no condemnation. It reads, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And before Alison comes and preaches to us, we're going to sing a song that, again, is very special to me this year, um, that I heard Voice do, and I think we've done it a couple of times here, and talks about how we can boldly approach the throne of God, knowing that we're forgiven. One part of the song says that this is the art of celebration, knowing there is no condemnation. Oh, praise the one, praise the one who made an end to all my sin. So shall we just stand and sing, Boldly I Approach Your Throne.